Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the ketchup to my mustard. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, it's just because I have red hair, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. And our very own mayonnaise. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? Uh, one man is sure. It's so <laughs> it is the best. Mayonnaise it's the best. There. It's the best tasting of the three. You know, if I had to only have one, I would pick mayo. Everyone loves me, but uh, no one wants to admit it. So that's yes, that's dude. And also, some people just have an irrational hate, and it's completely unexplainable. Like, what is up with the way people hate mayonnaise? Well, so the people, people remember who... Pulp Fiction. He was like, you know what they put on their fries in Holland? Mayonnaise, and everyone's like, gross. Everyone was like, man, yeah, 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 it's so good. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's exactly. Awesome. It's it's awesome. Like mayonnaise is the goat condiment. I think some I, people just had Miracle Whip and didn't realize it was different. That's why they hate it. Yeah, well, well, Miracle Whip tastes like uh, if literacy you, is important, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know if you let like some somebody mess with your mayonnaise before you ate it. It's like, like, like you let a little kid play with it outside. Yeah, but it's it is a miracle because not <laughs> only does it so much worse. it does not taste like mayonnaise, but you also get the same amount of calories. So yeah. it truly is a miracle. Just what if what if mayonnaise life. what if mayonnaise had vinegar? Or I don't even know what it actually is. But okay, we only have one uh, off story this week because there's like so much to go through with the game, and then of course our upcoming game against the uh, the, the steamers. So. D, I'm just only going to talk about this. D, there's a lot of uh, DK talk this week. First, he showed no remorse for his penalties. He had the very concerning statement of, it's my opportunity to be violent, which I was like, oh, dang, you should work that one out in therapy. And then and then, then he didn't play in the game. And, of course, the question was asked after the game, you know, is this some kind of shadow punishment, like for not not uh, doing the, not, not uh, caring about the penalties and all that stuff. So. Forrester, gentlemen, how did you feel about the the DK saga and discourse this week? Uh, I'll, I'll start. I didn't really care. Uh, supposedly, he has an injury and he's really hurting. That's a, that's what the news is. Um, I I was more entertained with the trade DK talk. That was a, a very I don't even say it was a vocal minority. It was more like a silent minority. It surfaced and for sure, though. I don't agree with it, but I would definitely listen for, to offers for the guy who uh, has a penalty every game and is the most uh, the highest paid player on the team i definitely listen to those things i it would be like a frank clark style deal right it'd have to be like a first yes. rounder and uh getting something getting something give me give me your third best it. receiver and it better not be trash uh okay so we get we trade him to the chiefs for their first round pick and sky Moore. <laughs> We you reunite. We reunite Skymore and yes, the Western Michigan University wide receiver room. The the Chiefs are just playing with track stars who can catch the ball, and if they get hit, they die. They're just really. That's why Patrick Mahomes is good at you know keeping his receivers from getting killed. So fantasy fans, this is your last week to get Rasheed Rice. This is it. <laughs> Kevin, did you did you uh, did you did you follow this discourse this week around uh, the DK stuff? Uh. You know that gif of the rock where he's just like flapping his gums, breathing out? Yeah. That's uh, uh that 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 explains my feelings on this entire situation. It's you know, he probably is nursing an injury because it's the NFL and that's what happens. Like I think the speculation there is not really doing a whole lot for me. And as far as what to do with him, if I think that we can get a top flight wide receiver with the pick that someone gives us for him, then like, yeah, that's that's a good move. But I don't think anyone's gonna do that, and I don't think it's really relevant. 
Yeah, like if the Bears say you can have our first round pick, yeah, you just you go, you go okay, fine. Yeah, sure. Yes, but, I will draft yes, Marvin will, Harrison Jr. with we'll take the, the number pick that you pick give me. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's doing something that stupid. And honestly, like DK is really good at football. He fits the the team. This team took a lot of penalties when we were really good. We led the league in penalties when we were at the peak. I do Always not have. think I do not think it matters at all. I think. Pete, Pete, you know, obviously wants him to be aware that he shouldn't take stupid penalties. That's why he did put it up during the team meeting, but he doesn't want him to stop playing, you know, passionate, uh, kind of intense football. So it, it it's insignificant to the team, which makes it insignificant to to me. So that's it. Um, all right. You're I'd ready, rather ready? be that than me wondering about the guy's passion and if he cares. That's way more frustrating. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's talk. Let's go to the offense first. The uh, the O line. We had to do the O line shuffle again this week. So this week's this week's blockers uh, were Stone Forsyth at right tackle, uh, Anthony Bradford, Anthony, Bra- Anthony Bradford, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, and then Olu Olu at center. I thought on the whole it was um, it was oh. I'll be honest, allowing eight, pre- allowing eight pressures to this defense is bad. <laughs> and I do not, I do not feel like they were like crushing it out there. It was fine. We, I'm, we have an issue protecting Gino right now, but we don't have a full offensive line. That, that offensive line shuffle is like very kind. That offensive line against the Browns will be very bad if they play like that. What they NFL play like that. defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, is uh, yeah, he's gonna, he's lick he's licking his lips watching feast? that tape. Yeah, he's like, oh yes, this is my this is my time to shine. I'm going to eat this offensive line alive, and I don't I don't totally totally blame him that. the The thing that worried me the most was how how they did in true pass sets. There was twelve true pass sets that had no play action, or um or offense or no action like that. And they were, that was where they were at their worst. They actually did really good um, in the play action sets, which I think is really interesting to, because um, it does show that like Waldron and Gino can scheme a little bit and get, and protect the offensive line. And we're definitely going to have to do that next week. If we, especially if we can't get, you know, uh, you know, Evan Brown back or, or something like that. So, um, I like seeing them being able to scheme. It's just scary knowing that like a lot of um, seven of the eight pressures came in the true pass in the 12 true pass sets. That's what's Tonya Harding up to. Can we get that's her to take a look at uh, Miles Garrett's knee? I'm just but like that's no. crazy, right? Like seven out of yeah. seven of of the eight pressures came in the 12 true pass sets. That's yeah. that's concerning. That's like super concerning. It's so, like that's what I'm hope I'm hoping that we, you know, it's going to be Waldron smoke and mirrors next week. And we got to hope that they really bring it. Like they did those three weeks where it seemed like they were on the top of their game. Right. So yeah. Anything Maybe, you know, uh, DK comes back and Bobo is just uh, <laughs> playing, playing blocker, the blocker tight end fullback. Yeah. So, so Kevin, anything else you noticed in the, in the, uh, in the, you know, I, I know you said like respectable, like the, the tricks were working. So what were, what were some of those, what were some of the things that they were doing to kind of, um, make it so that it didn't totally turn into a disaster. They kept well, it, the they first kept thing it was, I felt like Olu uh, did a reasonable job. He, he came in, he was the exact steady hand. Like there was the one issue on the snap. Um, and we could talk about whether that was Olu, whether that was Gina or more, most likely Olu's been snapping to drew lock 
And the center quarterback exchange is one of those things where if it was kind of a last minute decision to put Olu in, I could see how that's not a shock that it got messed up. Like it's unfortunate, but as far as the actual blocking stuff, he, he was a steady hand. Like he went out there, he looked solid. So that was nice. Um, Damian Lewis, the, the left side of the offensive line looked pretty good. It was mostly uh, Xavier Collins that was putting a lot of the pressure in. And I think we were rolling a lot of plays away from Collins. Uh, the one that always stands out is the sack on the kind of weak play action where I, uh, that's where Gino probably needed to slide the coverage or something because in the boot action going out, it was basically a naked boot, right? And he, he was responsible for Collins. Um, yeah. That's kind of how that had to be. And he, and Collins basically met him as soon as the play action was over. Like he didn't bite it all and it wasn't sold very well. And there were a few instances like that where I felt like the action of the play made it so that Collins came free. And he just like, there just wasn't a lot of respect for Collins as a pass rusher. And he showed that he was maybe a little better than the team was scheming for. All sacks in the game were credited to Gino, so you're completely right about that. Like I, th- I, I agree, and I agree with that assessment by Pro Football Focus that that they they felt like they were they were on kind of on him a little bit, and so yeah, I totally agree. All right, speaking of Gino, once again struggling under the pressure, uh, four for seven, thirty four yards in a pick when pressured, but he was elite when there was no pressure. Fourteen for seventeen, one eighty five, and two touchdowns. I. I I get tired of the discourse between Gino is not the problem. Yes, it it it's not the best to have a quarterback who struggles so much under pressure. <laughs> Obviously, you'd like a guy who can handle the pressure, climb the pocket, or dig out of those situations. But you can win games with this kind of quarterback. It, the Rams little... went to a Super Bowl with uh, with Jared Goff. Uh, you know, before Andy Dalton got injured, the Bengals were really good for a couple years with him. These are quarterbacks that fall apart under pressure. You're correct. Now, my question for you, Eric, I have this one ready. You ready for this? Eric, this is a tough one. Going into next year, should the Seahawks quarterbacks be Geno Smith and Drew Locke, or should they should they be drafting an heir apparent? What what is a what should the Seahawks long term plan be for the for Gino? Should it be all in on Gino or should they kind of start working on plan B or I developing the, plan B? The only plan should be always look for Gino's replacement because as much as Gino is, you know, the man right now and when he's good we love him and when he's not great he's not terrible like we just talked about. Um he's still getting older. He still has a, a a mega contract or close to it, and let's say we get to Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be because of Geno. Every every quarterback you listed that was bad under pressure, they didn't get there. They didn't get to the Super Bowl. They didn't get good because of those quarterbacks. And I think Geno's better than Goff. Um, don't know if he's better than Prime Red Rifle Andy Dalton, but um, <laughs> I I do think that it will be something think, else that brings this I think to the Super Bowl. Andy Dalton is a really great comparison, actually, Eric. I really like that yeah, because I think it's fair. It, I, Andy's a, Andy was a little more because uh, I'm such good friends with him. I'll just call him Andy. Uh, he was a lot more. <laughs> he's a lot more confident under pressure. Like if you look at, I don't Gino, know if you guys know this, but uh, Andy Dalton actually wrote his name on the bottom of Eric's shoe. That's <laughs> <laughs> it was a boot, Kevin. Um, no, I. If you look at Andy Dalton, like he made some bad decisions, but he had more confidence. Gino, I don't like his confidence when he's under pressure. He kind of looks like 
honestly, at, at the worst, he looks like Jets Geno or Giants Geno, which is like kind of lost. He can't get rid of the ball very quickly. Uh, you know, he could he could float it out of bounds. He just doesn't do that. And I don't know if he's pushing or if he's just has, you know, really bad decision making there. But every quarterback struggles under pressure to an extent. But man, Gino is Gino needs his offensive line back. We we, we back to your original question, we should really be looking for a, his replacement any chance we get. And preferably that's through the draft, let's be honest. Uh, I I would love I would love for us to take just like a mid round flyer on a quarterback every year, and just try to find Gino's replacement that way. So like for the last five years, you know, every year, next five years, you know, okay, we take a mid round guy, the guy right and now, Kevin, I've been really into is Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, mostly because um, year over year improvement. Like I really like the way he's grown every year. It feels like he's adding to his toolkit, and I think under quarterback whisper, Pete Carroll. <laughs> He could continue. He could continue that progress, you know. That and and behind, and he'd be behind Gino. He wouldn't have to start right away. I think that's someone I'd be into as like a second, third, late second or mid third kind of guy. Um, also, as a backup, his legs provide enough of a weapon where you can kind of put together an offense for a week around him that isn't yep. going to look like garbage. If you're stuck with yeah. him, yeah, you can run. You can run some read option stuff. Like, but I just want to see us like kind of attack a guy like that every year and just see if see if we're out somewhere around where we took Russ. And then well, see if we can get a Russ. I love yep. that idea, but look at like, okay, Brock Purdy, last pick in the draft. That mm-hmm. guy can play. So yep. how did every team miss him? Uh, Desmond Ritter was taken much sooner. Desmond Ritter, not so good at football. Um, <laughs> I, like, he, I, I, I don't want like to have either of those. I'd well, like to have either of those guys, though. But like, I'd be that's happy with Sam Howell. And Sam and Howell, yeah. Fifth, like right and there. he's a fifth rounder right in the middle. So like, but like, you want to take a Ritter, a, a Howell, or a Purdy. You want to get like one of those guys because any of those guys in our developmental system might be able to make it, right? Whichever guy the Seahawks believe in the most. At this point, I think we can say pretty definitively that Pete is a pretty solid quarterback evaluator. Pete and John, whatever they do to evaluate quarterbacks, they have a good read, you know, because they brought Geno back from the dead. Even Tavares Jackson was like way better for us than he was at any Anyone other else. point in yeah. his career. And and Russell Wilson obviously has been just uh, a just a blessing now for the Seahawks been reunited even after with his, he left. Uh, greatest coach. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the the coach he was always destined to be with, they're just lighting up the league. You know so, what's that, weird about uh the Geno numbers? What? He was four for seven under pressure. He was five for five against the Blitz. They're mm-hmm. dialing up these nice, like, uh, hot routes for him against the Blitz. Blitzing does not equate He's... pressure with the way the offense is working and Gino with a single read. It's when he has to do multiple reads. And I think it goes back to what Eric said. He's never willing to give up on a play. And it sometimes causes him to, like, backyard ball his way into big trouble. Hey, what, what play? How does PFF... <laughs> uh how does how how do they file the play they on grade the every rollout play. the rollout interception where do they file that and i don't mean <laughs> bad i just was that one of the static <laughs> the the static over worthy calls play. yeah <laughs> it was 100 percent a turnover that is play. that is what it's filed under it, it uh, wasn't exactly play action because it was a design but that, rollout but that but... play was that play was considered under pressure okay so yeah uh by by them and yeah it's just it's tough. Gino, Gino was great on play action. Five for five and a touchdown. Play action continues to be like a, a really important and big part of our offense. We got to talk about the deep balls, though. The deep balls were back. Part of the play action. Uh, five for six, 129. The two touchdowns all on deep balls. 20, 20 or more yards in the air. 
let's which which touchdown do you want, Eric? You can have first choice. Which touchdown do you want to talk about? I'll take uh, I'll take Bobo because <laughs> uh, I would honestly what a, what a, what a touchdown. No what a, what a I touchdown. want I'd rather Kevin talk about JSN honestly uh, for Bo- also with Bobo. Uh, I didn't I probably gave him the least amount of respect in the preseason. No way, it was me for sure. I was so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't record. I didn't. Uh, I didn't compare him to Roberto Pettigini like I usually do. Um, <laughs> NFL preseason mavens. Uh, that's my my favorite comparison every year to to whoever you know make the team. Do you know what really impresses me most about Bobo is the body control. It's just something that like I really um, didn't underrate. But he's really big. He is he really is big. So we- not fast, but man, yeah. he. <laughs> No, that's the best thing, though. He's not fast. And I said this in the preseason. Kevin kind of laughed at it. But after his first step, he is deceptively quick. His he, first he step can... is small, is, is nothing special. His speed is nothing special. But as soon as you think you've got him, he can control his body in a very yeah. fast motion where he can make plays. And I think he that can works. Con- I'm not going to lie. He had me the first half. <laughs> he can he can control space and change gears. Like, that's the thing is, um, I think it was uh, Marquise Brown. I saw an interview with him one time. And we, we played last week, so I guess it's relevant. <laughs> but uh, Marquise Brown <laughs> said, like, it's not just your ability to do speed because there are fast guys. But you have to be able to change gears because if you can only run at one speed, like your people are going to catch on to that. And I think Bobo like is a good example of this. He's just a gear. He has the ability to shift gears in a way that a lot of guys don't. And it makes him better. It makes him, de- like you said, deceptively quick. It's this. There's a deception to the way he runs. And to me, it's it's all a lot about body control. Like and the, the toe wait, tap wait. is a perfect example of that. He had complete control over his body. He knew exactly where he was on the field. Like that is. That's gonna be like the hallmark of Jake Bobo's career right there. As he as he puts up David Moore esque numbers year after year. <laughs> uh, but I mean, let's, that's let's fine. Let's not go too far so in Nathan, his career. After he's this. a UDFA. Okay. Who cares? Like that, d- Nathan. Uh, he's d- he's reverse Shaquille Griffin. You like Shaquille Griffin ran way faster than you ever felt like he was on the field. Jake Bobo is always like, how do he get so separated? He looked kind of quick there. What the heck's well, like, going the, on? The, fir- the first catch he made, the first catch he made, it looked like he geared yeah. down a little bit and then sped up, like right before the ball yeah. came in, and it was and like had oh, so much space. He knew, he knew what he was doing right there. He's like, that's body control. That's that's like changing the gears. It's good he stuff. He looks like Bobo. the old man setting coming off the pick at the park, like coming in for that pick and roll. Except, and like, the, oh the man, he just the, took that big long stride right there. Do you think uh, that like like uh, the old man geez. who sets a pick on you at the park, he's also just covered in sweat, so you don't want to touch him? <laughs> Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Because that's the big I problem that with was the, implied. the the old man comes to set a pick on you in the park, and you like I gotta go under that pick by a lot because I really don't want to touch that guy. So, and you're so. like, no, Bobo's out there giving CB's rug burn with his arm hair. I'm just telling you, man. Are we also gonna right. have Jake, Jake Bobo plays in sweatpants? Are we going in that direction, guys? <laughs> we should really have had bread on for this segment. <laughs> Jake, Jake Bobo wears like a plain white T-shirt, and it's just it's clear. You can see straight through it. <laughs> All right, that's, Kevin, yeah, t- tell, exactly me about, tell me about JSN's first career TD. Uh, it was it. the most JSN thing ever. Uh, you know, it was... 14 uh, feet of separation? Yeah, it was I about to say. It, it looked like they basically ran a halo coverage around him where he was just standing in the middle of a snow globe of open. Like, <laughs> there was just dudes, and JSN broke off his route to the inside. They were trying to respect, like, the over-the-top part of it. And all of a sudden, you turn, you're like... Is that JSN just standing on the goal line open? Yes, it was. Yes, it absolutely was. I like. I don't know. I look back at the All-22, and I'm honestly not quite sure how he got that open still. 
it's like somebody went ahead and did the over the top coverage and they forgot that the end zone was there because the DB that was supposed to have him was standing like eight yards deep in the end zone. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Did weird. you take a look at this one? It was the, that play was weird, like the overall, yeah. but it was like a like you said, it's a perfect JSN play because you know what that guy does. He finds space and he creates a lot of space. He gets the biggest He's like a one man zone end. beater against uh, uh, against uh, uh, zone coverage. I don't really get this because like he didn't run like a super fast 40, but he gets the most cushion and according to next gen stats out of any player in the NFL. When he catches that ball, his slant in was so fast. And by the time he caught it, like by the time he had time to react, he was in the end zone already. Like it was speaking of changing gears, he just zipped in. It was great. And that's the thing. I think uh, I think JSN is the kind of running back that we draft where he doesn't have the breakaway speed, but like his second gear is a lot quicker than other people's. And yeah. so I think he gets cushioned because if he does a quick in or out breaking route, he can suddenly have a lot of separation and then he's running away from a DB. So they kind of have to always play behind him. He also creates the most separation. So yeah, the people know, people know he's, yeah. he's just, a, he's difficult to handle. I think if he played in a higher volume passing attack, he would be like being talked about a lot more. He's flying under the radar in terms of like league wide praise because you know, He's not part of a super high volume pass tech. We saw we saw this yeah. week kind of what what might happen if what you know DK or Tyler was hurt long term. I think we're looking at closer to sixty to hundred yards a game, getting a touchdown every week, uh, just kind of soaking up a lot of more volume. Uh, the running game in general, I thought was fine. It wasn't it wasn't incredible. I think the numbers here are deceiving. It is cool. Kenneth Walker was the only one hundred yard rusher this week. He led the league in rushing with one hundred and five yards. Uh, for me, it was more. It was not like a super great rushing day. Uh, only four first downs created on twenty six rushes, under uh, three yards after contact, which is yeah. a lot lower than a season average. I think yeah, we were just... dangerously close to repeating what we did the week prior and that, or the game prior. And um, I thought we were almost moving away from the running game when we shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. the last loss we had is, I think that was a big part of it. And. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know where our play calling is right now. I think our our issues on this team, on the offensive side of the ball, obviously are partially because of the offensive line. And maybe that's affecting the running game more than I think. And, you know, what do I know about them going away from the running game? But I also, I kind of question, like, you know, why we throttle back on the run game when later, later in the game or in the third period, a uh, third period, uh, third quarter when uh, I watched a lot of hockey. Track. On the on the power play. Yeah, on the power play. <laughs> well, why aren't we running power plays in the third Ooh. quarter? There you go. That's it's just kind I'm of a question I have, and I don't know if we can answer it on this podcast. But it's just it's just weird that a, an offense that creates four yards a rush, nine point one yard passing yards per attempt. Those are good. Those are ostensibly good numbers. Struggled so much to finish drives still in the red zone. Still struck. Still struggled. Um, on key down and distance like this is the thing that that bothers me is that when we really need to have it right now on offense we just don't have it and so it's uh it's frustrating as a as a Seahawks fan to like watch our offense kind of flounder in those important positions um and now we have now next week we get to face the best defense in the league so that ought to be fun but we'll talk about that more in a second um I just yeah, we'll uh, I actually think part of what happened in the offense this time around, though, is I think that they just completely lost respect for uh, what the Cardinals offense is able to do. 
Like they got a field goal on a drive after the uh, DJ Dallas fumble where they basically were gifted it. And then on their lone touchdown drive, like the Seahawks defense basically just forgot what tackling was. That was like, Mm -hmm. that was, that was kind of a rough drive to watch Mm -hmm. outside of that. Like the defense just kind of, I don't know. It's like when the little kid's trying to swing and you just put your hand on top of his head and he can't hit you. Like that was kind of what their offense looked like. It really felt like we were, didn't uh, boring. Dobbs started with like over seven. Classic Pete, classic Pete Carroll thing to just never, to not put a team like this away. We, I think I predicted like a 10 point yep. score and I just, I knew like the Pete just was not going to let, uh, let, let it go. It just, he just does. It's just also, what Pete though, does. It, okay. Started the second half. They don't ask how they ask how many we, we have a, we have three, what uh first and goal from the one yard line, three tries. We kick a field goal. <laughs> it ends on fourth and two. We have to kick a field goal. After that, you have Gino's fumble, right? And yeah. then the interception. Yes. So if you don't, obviously, like Gino, I think that's the one thing that, you could take back. The fumble, maybe blame the center and Gino, whatever. You take those things pick. away. Those are just like two coin flips. And it's a and then also take away that game. the DJ the DJ Dallas fumble too. Yeah. Well, I mean, even there, but, I'll say I'll say leave that. I'll say those but, those three things right there though. It's a completely different game. Here's one thing that you guys can just chew on a little bit. I think is at the end of the day, the Seahawks turned the ball over three times. And they were bad turnovers. All of them really were like really bad toxic differential plays. It wasn't like an, there was no arm punt among the three among the three turnovers. Yeah, they had a they, pick they that were was uh, in the red zone. They had a uh, they fumbled Special. the ball on their own thirty, and then they fumbled the ball again like inside their own forty. Like those were all really bad turnovers. All really bad turnovers, and they won twenty to ten. And the game never really felt like it was that that much in danger. That's a good performance by the Seahawks. I, I, as critical as I am being kind of today about the offense, you know, and how I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated. It was still a good performance, and it is likely that they were just playing pretty conservative, knowing that this is a one in six Cardinals team that wants to. At the end of the day, they, as an organization, are not trying super hard to win this year, right? <laughs> they, they're, they're the opposite of us. They're not trying to win. They're. They're not trying to lose. It feels like they are frisky a lot enough that I don't think they're actively trying to lose. But they're. I don't. They're not I don't know if the ownership wants to win, win, but the players still have pride. Oh, yeah, Josh Dobbs <laughs> is still trying. He's he's gonna he's trying to find his eyebrows someday. You know that's that's like oh that's don't his, don't his knock the time. alopecia on this show. I'm sorry. That's just I I just I uh yeah it's it's intent it's in, it's in uh, Josh Dobbs being a rocket scientist and also being an NFL court starting quarterback is like the most, it's the coolest backstory of any NFL player. Hard. It was hard for me to just, he's like, so smart. He doesn't care about head injuries. Is that, is that, that's he can, interesting he thing can, for me. <laughs> he, can, he can lose it. He can lose a couple of brain cells. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll just be smarter than everyone else instead of way smarter than everyone else. All right. Well, we'll take a short break and then we'll come back for the defense. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're now ready to start talking about the defense. The ghosts of Comcast past have stopped attacking Kevin's house. Uh, so he's he's now... Uh, I canceled and there were like four Xfinity trucks outside. I thought it was doing a recreation of Maximum Overdrive, but uh, it turned out I just needed to reset my modem. There's, they all got ladders on them for some reason, even though I've never seen an Xfinity tech get on a ladder in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to hear my great, my dad's Xfinity tech story? So he comes to our house 
<laughs> and they they said you have to have a tech come come help you install it. So we're and this is like when I'm like 18 or 19, you know, so I'm pretty young. I, you have to have the Xfinity tech come and install it. So he comes in, he plugs the router in, he and first my dad asked him, "Hey, what are you going to help us do?" And he goes, "I'm going to help you get locked in." No, it's like, okay. So he comes in, he plugs the router in, he screws in the cable, then he sits there and watches, and then all the lights turn on, and he goes, okay, you're locked in. (laughs) That's it. That's all I did. Hey, you delivered. (laughs) Oh, it's like unbelievable. I was like, this is- Your dad just started laughing when- (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, John would always refer to it as being locked in after that. Yeah, he. My dad talks a lot about locked in, and that's probably why. Okay, uh, defense secondary. Devin Witherspoon is now officially the top graded cornerback on Pro Football Focus of all time, um, of this year, of, but of all of his time in the of NFL. The century of the week. So, at this point, uh, Witherspoon, how many hammers? Ten, ten hammer, ten hammers out of ten. Ten well, out of ten. Uh, I think so. You can only 10. get one hammer per game, so that's five. So, think, so we give him two. This. <laughs> The thing I hate about this, okay, is that, you know, defensive rookie of the year is going to be about stats and Jalen Carter's putting up some, some numbers. Hey, last year shouldn't have no been one stats is, then? No one is throwing at Witherspoon, you know, no one is throwing at him. So it's going to be hard for She's him scared. to win the award, even though he deserves it. My favorite thing, though, is Witherspoon this week. Uh, J- J- uh, J- Jamar Chase posted on his instagram he posted like hold that l or something to the to about the seahawks and spoon put it on his instagram story and put quit talking in them comments like i didn't have you in a box (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love it i did not see that i saw jamar chase but did not see the response Uh, yeah well this one's the best he's seriously the best oh i'm targeted twice in this game no no receptions helped in the run game he's literally perfect had an interception called back for a reason that wasn't his and if the interception, if the interception counts, maybe he's rookie of the year. I, I mean, that's the thing that's that sucks is you got to put up, you got to put up stats to win those awards, especially if you play over play here where no Jets. one, no one, yeah, exactly. Don't play in a New York team or an LA team. Jalen Carter's got to do a lot to not get rookie of the year right now. Unfortunately, yeah, he's on. He plays on the best defense. He's putting up good numbers. It's it's such. Yeah. All right, Woolen and Trey looking solid across the board, but I want I want to talk about safeties. All right, pick your safety. Who do you want to talk about? You guys want you guys want. Take Adams or Diggs. You can take your choice. Um, Kevin, who do you no, want I'm to take, pick last time? I'm taking Adams as someone who never stopped being an Adams believer. This is great because I was actually wanting to take Diggs. So, all right. Super solid performances from both guys. What do you, what do you, what do you think about Adams, Kevin? Uh, I just, Jamal Adams came back and he's been Jamal Adams ever since. It's it's like he never left us. Um, yeah. He's all over the field. He's making plays in the run game. Uh, the quality of tackling improved by him being here he's he's by nature a swarm tackler he's always around the play and having more guys like that means that you're stuck less out on an island trying to stop a guy one-on-one which means you have less missed tackles like I mean, we have he, two of those just, guys now with him and him and spoon spoon yeah, is the like, same way spoon yes. finds the play across the field that that play where uh, bobby and quandre kind of got washed on the run play but spoon came from the other side to stop it from being mm-hmm. a touchdown that oh, running yeah. play, like those are those are kind of ser- that's serious secondary play right there. Yeah, and Adams is doing the same stuff. Yeah, these are two <clears> players <throat> that have little hammers all all over that helmet. Yeah, it's it's been nice to have Jamal Adams back and playing at the top level. I'm sure there are some uh, Seahawks Twitter and bloggers who are 
preparing their 10 part series about why we should cut him this off season. Eric, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about Quandre Diggs? Uh, it seems you know, like he's completely uh, back. Uh, in your show notes, you said that, you know, safety play wasn't amazing, but it got the job done and it had some big plays. Quandre Diggs made some, made a couple errors in this game, but I think Quandre's like his theme is the Seahawks since coming over from Detroit one. He's kind of washed off the memory of ever playing for Detroit. In my opinion, uh, he's been a especially that for, era of Detroit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's been a Seahawk for, I mean, he's kind of been our more or less been our hearts in the, of the secondary for what, four years now. Is that right? Um, but he, anytime he kind of makes a mistake or he botches an interception, which, you know, you don't catch a ball, but you break it up. Yeah. We want to see the interception, but it's not like you made a mistake. Like he always comes back and makes it better. He gets that pick. He makes the deflection. He makes the huge run stop. And in this game, you know, he left a guy open. He missed a tackle. Uh, I believe he was he was off on the Dobbs tackle. Um, he came back, made his reads that he needed to make, made his adjustments, had a good game. And that's kind of what I see from Quandre every season. And I'm down with it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a really important pass breakup in this game. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say um, I, I kind of tricked you because I, I, I saved an extra safety for me. We played with three safeties in this game on 60 of 66 snaps. And Julian Love looked, I'm going to say, pretty dang good. Um, five tackles, was targeted three times in the past game, gave up only 12 yards, got a pass breakup on the other one, um, got a run stop. Julian Love, I think, is an important cog in how this team really wants to play defense. Uh, they they brought him in and and we thought maybe oh this is Adams insurance or this is slot cornerback insurance this was we they actually this was a sign that they really want to play with three safeties they want to play with three safeties all the time and it's kind of exciting I I mean I think it's a it's a good and interesting way to uh, to approach def- modern defense is to say hey Jamal Adams you're basically like our third linebacker. <laughs> You know, and Jamal because... playing in the box has love playing uh, so he can play downhill to the play a lot more, which I think plays to his strength and short area quickness instead, which yeah. is uh, why we're not seeing the same mistakes as early. I agree. I think this is a really nice alignment for him. All right, let's get to the defensive line. Uh, I just want to say I want to talk to Jaron Reed first, and then I'm going to throw it to Kevin for an important, uh, important conversation. But Jaron Reed has found the, uh, the the fountain of youth in in, in his time. Here now, uh, he had an important sack to ice the game at the end of the game. Uh, Jaron Reed has been a really important player uh, for the Seahawks this year, being able to kind of play, you know, in different alignments as we we play kind of we've we've been playing around with our front alignments quite a bit, four guys, three, five guys, uh, three guys, and he's able to play in a lot of different spots. And it's been he's been great. He's been great. It's been great to have him back. And so, yeah, thanks, Jaron. All right, now Kevin, time for the sad news. Chenna Nuosu. Um, it's uh it's rough anytime you lose a hall of famer off your defense <laughs> yeah torres Pect- torres pectoral is looking like he is out for the season it's not official yeah, official injury. yet but if it really is torn pectoral uh as they believe then then it will be uh that's a season ender kevin yeah. do you know the play that that happened on i can't i, can't I do not i i look back i watched the yeah. game back and i didn't really see it <clears throat> it's one of those things too where it can just like Mystery. pop can just pop and you're you're uh you're done for. So any other defensive linemen stand out for you, Eric? Um, I, I, I saw some other guys playing good. Oh, I mean, 
Boye. Yeah, do you want to talk about Boye Mafe? <laughs> yeah, give, give me some. Give I me some always Boye. have my Boye Mafe. Every <laughs> single game, it's just something. It's like a bit of growth in him that I love seeing. Uh, in this one, I felt first of all that I know even if you just you touch With- the quarterback's head, that that penalty on was on him was. The, so the one that took back the INT. Yeah. I hate yes. I hate those. Because that's gravity. Things. You can't I mean, and I get that, you know, you have to protect the quarterback, but it wasn't like he hit him hard. It was so frustrating because he was in there and I felt the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think he played that perfectly. There's no way like you can say, like, oh, just lift your arms. If you watch that play, he's falling forward. He can't just be like, oh, you know, waving his arms. He's got to follow through. And he actually like pulled his punch. He pulled it out. He moved it to the side. Uh, that's just, honestly, it's the veteran move you always want to see, and it doesn't always happen. It yeah. rarely happens. And this guy played like a veteran. He got called for it. So frustrating. But, man, as a person, as a, as a player you want on your team, as a guy with pressures and a sack in this game, just making his presence felt, uh, I that play right there made me, like, I was so frustrated at the refs. But then I, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? He played that perfect, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, he he played really good in this game, especially because he got pressed. You know, the guy who the guy who had to soak yes. up all the missing Nwosu snaps was Mafe. Mafe played fifty two snaps in this game, which is an absurd number for defense uh, defense line. In fact, Draymond and Jaron played fifty one and forty seven too. Those are really high numbers, especially in our system. I do think that defensive line depth is an issue and now what Nuosu's hurt it might be even more of an issue There's obviously Der- Derek Derek Hall can soak up a few more snaps he looked pretty decent in this game actually uh in the the 19 snaps that he got but Tyreek Smith is on the practice squad uh he can come up and take some depth snaps um but unless Derek can step up because I think the big thing do any of us believe Daryl Taylor can step up into a starting role with his run defense I don't okay. He played good in this game, but they had to, th- but they had to throw like they were behind right. and throwing and they were not run. Their running game was not working. Like Di Mercado looked hor- horrible in this game. And so for me, I was like, okay, they have to run. Uh, Brooks and Brooks and Wagner are putting in work. Five run stops a piece, eight tackles for Wagner, seven for Brooks. Brooks looks back. Brooks is, Brooks is back. He is. Yeah. He's fine. I think he's back to 100 percent now. He looks this, really this good. This is Diggs halfway through the season last year. We were like, oh, yeah. he, he's like doing he's like doing Brooks stuff. He's just he's Jordan Brooks again. And yeah, so those guys are flying around stopping their own game. They had to throw a lot. So that plays to Taylor's strengths. I mean, when Taylor is in the run game, you can just run right at him. It is a problem. Yeah, it's it's problematic because he's really, really. uh, It was so much fun to see him like when a team has to pass, like he had a breakout game. I felt like he was at two sacks. He was if if the other team has to throw, he's really good. He's really good. And so I think Derek Hall gets the early down snaps with the move we currently have. You cannot give those early down snaps to uh, Daryl Taylor, but I can give a few of them. But you don't want to giving Derek Hall those yet. yeah, he doesn't seem ready yet. It's he. You'd like to give him a little more season. We need to keep him it, in the oven. He's got. He's got to cook for a few more minutes. You know. It's 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 tough because we saw like flashes from Mafe last year, and we were like, okay, we can see where this is heading. He's going to be good. Uh, seems like Hall's on the same path. You really don't want him to get yep. overexposed or injured. So you just want to like make sure you kind of keep him like on the on the path. This does seem like a spot where the Seahawks usually would make a move, not a rental. They don't. If if it's a rental, it's going to be an old guy. 
So, so Seahawks, a lot of people are like, oh, let's go get Chase Young. Let's go get Montez Sweat, who we should have drafted instead of trading down and getting LJ Collier. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do let's do something like that. And those moves are those moves are great. Those are not very Seahawks. Not in this, not in this era. It will be an old guy that is not very costly to get. So Hunter is tough because I do think after last Monday, my, Minnesota probably sees themselves as a potential playoff team, so they will want a high pick <laughs> to get him. It will not just be like, hey, let's just dump this guy off a roster. We're not making the playoffs. The, no. Their division, this their be division Frank Clark. Their division sucks, so they're not going to see it. It is Frank Clark who seems completely washed, or that's the kind of territory we're in, though. It's like a guy who is available who's old this is a carlos dunlap deal this is a what's Dwight bruce Freeney urban doing deal. can we call him what's, up? <laughs> yes this is let's bring bruce back and have him play some that is the kind of territory we are in if this is a normal seahawks move it would be an extremely bold pushing of the chips to trade like a th- now people are saying the price for chase young might be as low as a fifth rounder i just don't believe it i just don't believe that's true uh, it, the commanders are a really poorly run franchise <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, they did bring it. They did bring in Eric, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. They did bring in Eric Bieniemy to try to develop Sam Howell. So that was that was certainly a choice that to be made. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see. I don't see this going in any kind of. Uh, if 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 Chase Young for a third, even it feels too rich to me. So like <laughs> I would want him for a fourth or a fifth, and it's like why would the Commanders even? The thing about Chase Young for a third is that you can get the compensatory third back when he signs because he'll get a big enough contract. <laughs> that's actually okay. a really good way of looking at it's, it. It's it's like fair. That. I mean, we could give up, but that's the thing. We give up a third, and then we get like a the end of a the third, third and the third next, next year. year yeah. Next year, like that's yeah. the thing. It's hard. It's like moves the draft pick back. But a we year. got that third from Denver, so they might look at it as kind of house money on that third. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm against. I'm just it saying, if we're trading, if we're trading a first half of the draft pick, it's probably a third round pick. I don't see us giving up anything more, and it's, it would and have to be for somebody who we think is going to be. Because the thing about the thing about uh, Nuosu is he wasn't getting elite sack numbers, but he's good for two to four pressures a game. Like it needs to be a kind of guy who doesn't just disappear. Because mm-hmm. we need somebody who gives that stable pressure production. Chase Young looks so, pretty good this year. I mean, it's interesting to think out. the defensive ends. I mean, honestly, you have your pickings of the guy, the defensive ends who are on bad teams. Obviously, I've been a truther for this guy since before he was drafted. Brian Burns is the dude. Go get if you want to push in all your chips and get the best guy. Max, go Crosby. get Brian. Go get Brian Burns. Brian Burns is an elite bender. That guy, I. That guy gets around the edge unlike anyone else in the NFL. Like he is the one of the top like bendiest best edge getting around the edge guys in the whole league. He will change our defense. And that's good. If the, if you're going to do that, you want to go get a guy who will actually change your defense. Max Crosby is not getting traded. Vegas is too stupid. They're not Vegas Vegas thinks they're good. They're, they're I don't understand the that other franchise way. at all. They're, yeah, they're, they're keeping everyone, and actually they're going to trade four guys at the deadline. So, all right. <laughs> Any, <laughs> anything else? Um, so, all right. That's it. Okay, let's get to the, the money zone. Uh, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way hey, to do so. Hey, we have a Cleveland what? game to predict. Oh, I didn't even – oh, I forgot about Cleveland. Okay. All right. Um, let's – Let's talk a little bit. We talked about Miles Garrett. That's all we needed to talk about. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about let's the talk fighting Miles Garrett's. 
PJ Walker will be their quarterback next week because Watson has <laughs> uh, scared to play it. He's got he's got a he's got a thin skin you, condition that's really. Did you see uh, that thing really that Sche- it was like I don't know if it was Schechter or one of the other like agent suckups. It was one of the agent suckup guys though. He's like, this is a real injury that is very painful. So. <laughs> It's like that was like the thing. It's like, yeah, that's obviously just from Deshaun Watson's agent. Like, I, don't I care. love this is a real injury that's very painful is the exact phrasing someone who's not hurt would use. This is a totally real and absolutely existing thing. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. Man, this game. Were you the one that made the massages. Niagara Falls joke on the discord? No, but the injury, I, the injury not, goes to a different high school. It's uh, in the Niagara Falls Oh yeah, Falls I did. Area. I did. Yeah. I did say that. Yeah, <laughs> I said. Oh, it's it's exactly in Canada. It. It's in Canada. You wouldn't know this injury. It's in Canada <laughs> right now. So the, the the thing about Cleveland, which Sean Watson for me is that I I had to start him in a two quarterback league last last week because I didn't really have any other options, and I was very bitter about the negative one point eight points he put up. So I'm just gonna say in general, I hate that guy. I hated him before that, but this did not do anything to help it. He could have, he could have really like gave himself like I hate this guy, but but now it's just I just hate this guy. There's no, there's no reasons. There's no off-field reasons. Um, so and no, so, there is, but that's the problem. Oh yeah, his. Uh, okay, uh, I posted the best GIF in response to that too. The that that uh, Seinfeld GIF with the yes, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. For the okay, okay, Cleveland number one defense by DVOA in the league, negative twenty three point two percent. Uh, this is just just slightly better than Baltimore's defense right now. The difference that between the Baltimore Ravens, legit. the difference between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, of course, is that the Baltimore Ravens have the fifth ranked offense, and the Cleveland Browns have the 29th ranked offense. They are down to Kareem Hunt's corpse as their top running back. Jerome Ford will be out this week. They are missing Deshaun Watson, who even if he plays, doesn't look like he's anything like he was four missing years ago. Nick Chubb, who died. Um, Nick Chubb is gone. Yeah, don't even think about him. Their their offense is their offense is a disaster, but their defense is so good that it might not matter. That's that's how you have to approach the Browns. Is that, and their O line is good, so don't expect a lot of pressure. Yeah, so that they'll they'll be able to. Yeah, they won't turn the ball over. That's the thing about their offense is actually last week PJ Walker did turn the ball over. He, that's all. He's he real did. bad, and our it's, coverage is really good. It's the, th- the thing on PJ Walker is I I just don't understand. He's a really good. That's hand. it. Like, how is this guy getting so just, many opportunities? Just the nicest guy. Like, you know, are, when you get in the compliment circle, the he says guy. the sweetest things. Like, you know. He must run just one hell of a he scout. He picks your wife up from the airport uh, when you ask him to. He's just he's just a really good dude. You know, he's and always no one in has early, the heart. And he's <laughs> always got McDonald's. There's something about him. He remembers your coffee are- order. He writes your name right on the cup and makes sure the barista does. <laughs> he's just a really nice guy. That's, the Browns are four and two. They've played oh, a really tough gosh. schedule, but they they've also won you know two extremely close games in back to back weeks against you know the 49ers who do not look the same once people start getting hurt. We said this all year that they will be very good, the hardest team to be in the NFL until people start getting hurt. And wow, Brock Purdy without five All Pros on the offense, he only had three of the All Pros, and that's you know just not quite enough. So, uh, <laughs> and then of course last week at at Indianapolis they eked out 3938 uh cuz Indianapolis just got off to a, a a rollicking start in that one what a game the, that was with all the there's just so many mis- bad mistakes by at the beginning of the game by the Cleveland offense just leaving their leaving their def- our def- defense in the in the biggest of holes and yeah they went what 2421 and then 
yeah, it was good, good, good game though. Really exciting. By the way, can game. I address a concern that I've been hearing about the upcoming week? I sure, okay. If you're concerned about PJ Walker running on us, don't stop. You're racist. He's he's 5'11", 216, and I realize the pigmentation. This dude has like negative career rushing yards in the NFL. Do not worry about PJ Walker. Like, worry about PJ Walker running on us like less than you worried about Andy Dalton running on us. Like he might get some yards because we're not respecting it at all, but don't. Yeah, I, I don't know why like, people are saying that. Don't say that. He had, he had two 13 yard runs in him a game. PJ Walker is not like a bad <laughs> running quarterback, but it's just like a. He's a not a running quarterback though. He's just like a no. He's he like ran like a four eight. Like it's not like he's like a four seven four. I looked it up. Okay, four seven four. He's a, he's a good athlete. But, it's, but he doesn't it's like, run. That's not his game. He's not a running not, yes. quarterback. It's not like he's not a guy who's going to come out and run like a uh, read option or something no. like that. It's no. not that's not the PJ. Also, I realize that he throws experience. so poorly. You think he should be he honestly, able to run. But he honestly he just plays a lot like Deshaun Watson. He's like he's like budget Deshaun Watson, although uh, budget and only in terms of cost at this point, not in play quality. Well, also <laughs> outside of Josh Dobbs uh, ghost run when. Uh, you know, yeah, Josh Dobbs is actually good at running and yeah, wants actually, to run. Yeah, but when nobody like saw him and decided to let him walk into the end zone, like he didn't have like that great of a game running. So I, I think that's because that, our run defense is good. <laughs> yeah, I think you just take that you take that weird schmutz play and you you, you throw it in the trash. And you guys, you guys ready for for scores? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Do you want to talk about a specific player on their team, like or anything like that? Like, I think we, much. I think we. You mean like Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett. <laughs> Miles Garrett is very good. Uh, I do not think he's like play of the year. If he's we can the, contain their pass rush, I think we can win this game, and cor- I think our run game will be a big part of that. Their corners are really solid too. Just in general, yeah. like Ward, Emerson, Newsom, they're all pretty good. None of them are bad. The thing is, they all tackle poorly. So if like we could, we can get the guys into. The, the way to, I think, beat them is to DK like get your, guys, game. get your guys moving and then catch the ball and then let them miss tackles and kind of turn small gainers into big gainers. I think that's how you how you kind of uh, beat up on this Browns team because all those guys can't tackle. So, okay, now we can Bubba. do it. All right, I'm 21-17 Seahawks. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I will go – oh, man. I, I guess I, I'm not going to change it. 21-17 Seahawks. All right, and uh, finishes off, Eric. Big game, because this is in the throwbacks. And if the Browns don't swear jar fuck it up and play in their white helmets, this is going to be a classic matchup. Okay? <laughs> Big classic matchup. You know how excited I am about that. Um, with that, we're going to have like a 90s score. And it's going to be frustrating, because I don't really know what to think about our offense. We were, We picked all these, you know, big 30 point games for weeks. And now we've kind of come back to earth 17, 14 Seahawks. Nice. And I'll be there oh. with, uh, with, with Astro and Arn from the discord. So I'm, I'm excited. This is my first game of the season. Hopefully it doesn't, it's going to be so cold, but it's supposed to be sunny. So I'm good. I'm happy about that. All right. There now there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. Best way to do so: Patreon.com/slash/SeahawksNest for as little as a dollar twenty-four a month. Join the Discord, uh, come hang out with us during the games, be a part of the conversation. Thanks to those who support the show. Do it all for the Tucci, who's bringing us our first movie club of November. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to reveal the movie? Or do you guys want to? Yeah, thir- let's do a big if you want, Yeah, if you want to watch it ahead of time, watch Thirteenth Warrior. We're gonna we're all oh, okay. We're all gonna um, watch it to, and that'll be our first movie club of November, which will also coincide with my. Uh, 
my birthday. So uh, yeah, happy birthday to me nice. and and uh, happy Patreon to do it all for the two G. Okay, uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Sebastian, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake. Check them out. Washington Fish Question on YouTube. Bob, Casey, Cracksnacker420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rye, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Loomis, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and of course, Chip. Okay. Uh, so we got a great idea for um, a movie club from the Discord. Flocktimus Prime. Keith gave us the idea to do a burger toppings eliminate. He said eliminator or, uh, or fave five. And then I was like, Nope, we're just doing a tier list now because I just wanted to, <laughs> but I didn't think this fits tier list the best. Okay. We've it got does. 30, uh, 39 burger toppings here, 39 burger toppings. Uh, we're going to rank them S to F. What we did is we went through the list that he originally posted, which I think had 70 burger toppings and we trimmed it to things that we all have either eaten or that we all, at least two of us really cared about that was that was those were kind of the qualifications either everyone had to have eaten it or two of us had to really care about so here we go higher or low opinion uh turkey bacon f f f all right yeah turkey bacon sucks okay okay why would you get turkey bacon when bacon exists what's wrong with you the the worst part about turkey bacon is the way it has those little rounded things on the the one side you know what i'm talking about (laughs) that's because it's molded in a tin and that's a dead giveaway it's f tier why is it that shape okay uh why would they pick that shape tomato tomato Let's see. If I'm it's going fresh, B. it's good. If it's not fresh, it's not good. So I kind of have to go in the middle. Straight up tomato sandwich is like one of my favorite sandwiches now. And I will tell you that it's Ooh, because like you, Jacques you, you toast the bread, <laughs> you put the mayonnaise on there, you take the tomato, you slice it nice and thick. You go, you cut your lots, off. lots, when the lots, of, and lean. <laughs> lots of salt and pepper is part, a big part of it. You know, you crack black pepper, you sprinkle your nice Maldon sea salt on there, and it's really good. Um, I don't – it doesn't like – for me, like the way a burger is structured, it doesn't quite like – I feel like tomato, when it's good, it needs to be the star of the show. And in a burger, it's not the star of the show. That's so it's like for me – It's a turkey sandwich because turkey so like eh. But like a burger, oh. like you're tasting that beef. But for me, Hold I on. think I think B is fair. I think B, B is I think B is fair, fair because it's not it's the star good. – but it okay. shines through. It is good. I agree with that. All right. Teriyaki sauce. So I am not a fan of the teriyaki burger. I think it's gross too. I'm going to go D. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. If someone's like, it's I'm making teriyaki burgers. Who wants one? That's but why like, I'm keeping it out of F. I agree. <laughs> I would eat it, but I'm not, I'm never You're not ordering. choosing it. You're not choosing So it. when I worked at Red Robin, they had this thing called smiling burger pin. Basically, if you made your own burger, you got a special pin you could put on your uniform. And it, and it was, uh, so I made my own burger. And what I did is I, I tried to make like a hybrid between my two fair burgers or my, between two of the burgers on the menu, I would try to make the teriyaki pineapple burger mixed with the barbecue burger. And so I, I was like trying to, and it actually turned out pretty good. But like the teriyaki sauce was the thing I wanted to kick off the burger the most. So I made it again later with just barbecue, mayonnaise, onion straws, pineapple on a chicken. And it was way better. So that's that's how I knew like the teriyaki sauce was uh, was was low tier. All right. Swiss cheese. Um, it's a mid cheese for me. See, uh, D, I I only like it in very specific instances. It's like one of my least favorite cheeses. All right. Or you uh, can bring it up or you can bring it down. No, I'm, I'm keeping it a C. It's a decent burger cheese. All right, sweet relish. F, garbage. <laughs> I would just waiting for Kevin. 
You you are also at F. You also at F. I can't disagree with Kevin. Look at that face. <laughs> also, try some try some sweet relish. Yeah, it's, dude, not, it's gross. It's not great. What not if great. relish? Sucks. Kevin is sweeter yeah, sweet than relish. sweet relish and not an F. So there you go. Uh, spinach. I don't I don't want to wake up spinach. But Kevin Kevin, you said you had a spinach take. Go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. So the thing is, spinach and not cooked spinach. We're talking raw spinach. It has your green on yours. I like when you use a. Um, like not just straight up iceberg lettuce. I think it's better than that. I think it adds a little bit of flavor. I think it's pretty good on a burger. I put it like a like a B tier, C tier. It's 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 one of the better greens to throw on a burger. So I really thought about it since we went over, in the pre show. We went over it. I have had spinach on a burger and I did not like it. And I remember why. Um, things like this on a burger are to add texture, and spinach is like not crunchy enough. It doesn't have, okay. and then the fl- and the flavor is like not strong enough to add an- anything there for me too. It's like I'm putting fiber on my burger, which is great for my health, but I'm not eating a burger to be healthy. So it's pretty <laughs> low tier for me. Um, I would I would be <laughs> willing to go all the way down to F, but I know it's not going to stick there because Kevin put B. So Eric, you're going to have to find the spot in the middle for it here between Kevin's B and my F. <laughs> I like what Kevin said here because the thing about iceberg lettuce or when you, they put romaine on it is you're basically – you just got this this wilted green thing on your burger. If you need something crunchy, you got to go with like a big old piece of like you know that ribbed lettuce where it's going to be crunchy. So I agree with you there, Nathan. I can't F this. I can't B it. Gonna, <laughs> I know. I, I knew you were gonna pick something in the middle. Now you got to decide just, C or D. I, just, I think <laughs> I think C is fine because I also like spinach close, as opposed close. to any other green. Closer. I also think it's art. the right one for an Italian burger. Like when you do like that kind of Italian or Greek burger, the spinach works on that. I think that's where I had it. It's like a HelloFresh or something that had like a like a thing. Okay, roasted red peppers. So Nathan, you have a very specific take. Do you want to? Oh, like I that? like. I, so the thing is, is like I, when I think of roasted red peppers and burger, I think of like that pimento cheese thing where you like mix the the cheese and the rest chopped red peppers and you mix it all together and you put it on the burger. That's good. Just straight up roasted red peppers. Like I wouldn't hate it, but it's not like I don't know. It's kind of in teriyaki tier for me. <laughs> like it's like not my just, favorite heat element, but I think it's pretty solid. It's a C for me. Like it's not spicy. Like it's bell peppers, right? Like this is like. That's why I don't know. It's like, I don't know. They're good. Roasted peppers taste good. They just taste good. It's yeah. just as a burger condiment. Like, I don't know. D is where I'm at. D or C, Eric, what do you think? Or are you going uh, higher? I've, I've never had it. So I really, I feel like I can't. Right. I'll just put it in D for now. because, And then I'll move it to see if it's depending on tier balance. Basically, it'll be the top of D or the bottom of C. Uh, all right. Raw onions. Ryan's rule. A. Uh, Not too much, though. My least Not- favorite way to do it. C. Okay, that's fair. Don't do too much raw onions. You got to put like the right amount. It, sometimes you go also, to a burger place and they just, they just go overboard on raw onions. It's like, I don't need this much. It is like use raw onion judiciously. Eric, where are you I'm going? B, B, because right. it's it's really great. But yeah, you can you can really wreck a burger. All right. Ranch. F. I got to agree with Kevin here. It's an F for me. I've right. never had I, a burger be like, this needs ranch. I don't, mind ran- I don't mind ranch, but like ranch on a burger weirds me out. Okay, so it's. S. Mid for me. Mid for me. I'm going to go like C. It's good. My all-time favorite burger 
has uh, onion straws, jalapeno straws, and queso on it, and it's amazing. It's it sounds way, good. It's way too sloppy, but it tastes great. And so that's if my you, uh, that is kind of my onion my queso take here is like it's this feels like a mess to me. So so the the trick with it is that if you have like those drier ingredients like the crunchy straws, <laughs> then you spread it on the bun, and it like kind of makes it to the dry ingredients so dry out your burger experience. Uh, Eric, where are we putting queso? You gotta pick somewhere from. If you pick S, also I'll put S, but otherwise A, B, C. Where where are we where are we going? I gotta be honest. I think it's. I'm sorry, it's a C for me because I feel like it's good, but only in certain okay certain scenarios. Same it's, thing happening here. This will be the, it's, be the say, best it's like Swiss for me. It's it's decent. It's good, but not on every in every All scenario. Right. This is gonna happen with every cheese. Provolone is it better than Swiss? Yes, to be. It's the next te- cheese up. Provolone is probably my all-time favorite sliced cheese. Maybe my all-time favorite cheese outside of mozzarella. I gotta, I gotta give it a B. It's so B. good. As, as a, it's as smoked a good, mozzarella. That's good. What it is. It's a good cheese. Uh, I don't know if it's like as a burger cheese. It's like okay, yeah. It's not like the goaded for that, but it's it is good. You got to be like really strong in flavor to stand up to a burger, and I do think provolone is a little lighter there for me. Pineapple D, F. What? You can go high, Eric. I, I just I'm going C. Pineapple's good. Right. It is. It's okay. Pineapple's not just for pizza, Brett. I don't want it on burgers. It does not increase. It does not improve my burger experience. Well, I then guess what? Love... A white man's vision of Hawaii who's never been there is clearly <laughs> not for you. Grilled, Kevin. grilled, grilled pineapple is really good, and I will say, grilled pineapple on burger is not bad. But I just have found over time that I'm. It's whenever I get I pineapple on a on burger. It's like okay, ah. I got that katsu burger with the with the with the grilled pineapple on it the other day, and I was like not super impressed with the pineapple itself. That's because you had okay. a stomachache because you had katsu burger. Oh wait, katsu <laughs> burger is so good. Okay, good. pickles. C S. Oh, I, I don't was, even really I'm at C. I'm at C actually. Like it's, okay, yeah, I'll, it's I'll put good. it in. I'll put it in B. I, I think pickles are like the perfect like balance of like salty sweet gentlemen, those you keep in track at home queso s c c c pickles s c c b wait it was s c yeah i said i said queso and pickles are gonna be right next to each other it's gonna be <laughs> c or low b i put pickles at the bottom of b uh pickles <laughs> I'll put it in C. I don't. I think you guys are, if you guys, if you guys want it in C, I mean, I just think you guys are going to take fine, a lot of heat think, for this. I'm trying to save you. Fine, and the reason why B is fine is because, like, are we also talking about chicken burger experiences? Because, like, no. pickles are required on a fried chicken I don't, burger. I don't think we are talking about chicken burgers. Okay. We, we because that is a little different. We knock some things off for chicken burgers. Pineapple. I would move pineapple up if it was chicken burgers too. Next week. Okay. Chicken burgers. Uh, pick, <laughs> pickles, pickles though. The, the, the pickles. The pickles thing for me though is that it's like the right burger topping. It's strong. It stands up. It's salty. Uh, it has a lot of textural element, which a burger needs because burgers, you know, generally don't have a ton of texture. Uh, I don't even like pickles that much. <laughs> I personally, because I don't like cucumbers. But the flavor, I want the flavor of pickles in my burger. So usually what I do is I order it with pickles on it and then take the pickle, flick the pickle juice on the Basically sandwich. Tom Hanks <laughs> lawyer in Philadelphia. Give me the pickle juice. I want the pickle juice. Okay. Um, I do think that flavor, that briny flavor is really good. Okay. Pepper Jack. Yes. That's an H that's a H-E-er cheese for me. That's my uh, favorite name for a pimp. A. A. All right. We're going A-A-S. So that's so A. Peanut butter. 
S plus, SS, five S's, 15 S's. If a peanut butter burger is on the menu, I'm ordering it. It is it's a C for me. so good. Just like everything else I put in a C, it's good where it belongs, but it can't be on every burger. It's not... It's not this like is, top tier for me. No this way. is my case. This is my queso. Oh, <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, Gar- yeah, Gar- I'm gonna. I would be willing to have that at a B because oh, okay. you're right. On the right burger, it is perfect. It is so good. Um, I know peanut. The thing is, is that if you put too much, it ruins the burger because it just tastes like yes. peanut butter. It's such yes. an overpowering flavor. You have yes. to balance out the amount of peanut butter, and it usually has jelly on it too, or some kind of like jelly jamish kind of thing. Sweet cut, right? everything, Pepper, jelly, everything, something. Everything needs to be in like the right ratios. But when it hits, like the one at Spanky's in Tacoma, I love that peanut butter burger. All right, onion straws. S S S S S. Go ahead and take S. I'd put an A, but I'm fine with this. So two, okay. The fried onion. crunch is just perfect. It's like we talked about with lettuce. You more, get that crunch, except this gives you crunch and onion flavor. More surface area too. So it's like the most crunch you can get. It's the most texture. Uh, onion rings. B, or sorry, A. It's one step below onion straws. It's B or A for me. I, I could go either way. I feel if like Eric you're, felt not, really sh- I, you're just not getting the crunch. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fried it's a fried onion ring. The onions are not crisp. It's fried, so it's already soggy on a burger. I'd put it C. Like I've had it, I've had it good, mm. not really good, and I've had it like I could do without. If so. we need, if A is really light, we'll move it up. But otherwise, right now it's the tippy top of B. A mustard. A, A love mustard, and there's so many different kinds of mustard. They're all good. You don't uh, like mustard, mustard that much. Good. I love mustard. Mix it with more mayonnaise. I would have gone with B. I would have gone B, but mustard mustard is super solid. Mushrooms. S. Kev, I know Kevin loves mushrooms. Ooh. I, I could have given this one an S from Kevin uh, before he even. I was going to go A. So we, settle, we settle on S. I'm fine with it. I'm an I'm a A also, so we'll put it there for now. Mayo. S. S. That's If that Mayo is like the perfect... You, I don't feel like you can make a burger without mayonnaise. If you make a burger without mayonnaise, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Or if you do make a burger without mayonnaise, you know to make it better? If you put mayonnaise on it. Yeah, can't true, make, true. You can't make fried dip without mayonnaise. You can't make no. anything can't make without anything. mayonnaise. Let, lettuce. See? I like See? lettuce. I think it should definitely be ahead of spinach. But I don't know how far. It, it might, it might just put, be in C. I yeah. think C is just Also fine. in C. Just it's good. In C. Yeah. It adds texture. It's fine. Um, all right. I'm actually stopped ordering these, so I'll have to reorder them later. But I'm remember- I have good memory for stuff like this. Ketchup. D. Wow. And my take is... on it is I can't think of a burger where I would rather have ketchup than something else on it. But if it's on my burger, I'm not mad. I think like ketchup is like the it's a good part of like the regular hamburger. Like when I go to Dick's and I get the regular cheeseburger, I'm glad it has ketchup on it. So in that case, like I do at least kind of like it, which means I think for me, C, but I know like C's fair. Here's the thing. It's like Kevin said about pineapple. I just rather have it on the side. Like it's so a you burger. Want to, you want to go- it. If I really want that sweet salty, I'll dip it in there. So but, you want D um, then? I, yeah. D or low C. All right, let's do D because you guys. You, I think that's ketchup's great. Liquid I think that's closer to where the actual sentiment is. Uh, jalapeno. B B. I like jalapenos on burgers. Yeah, I like jalapenos too. I, was, I could I even gone, go A. I, 
I would even been talking today, but it sounds like that's going to need some work. Honey mustard, F. This isn't the chicken sandwich tier list. I'm going to put it F or D. Yeah, I would say F because it's it's beef burger. Otherwise, I would put it higher if it was chicken, but it's not. Guacamole. A. Okay. I would. I need to see. I need to see what Kevin does here. I would also. Mm, I would go B. I think I'm C actually. So it looks like Ooh. we're going to be B. Uh, guacamole is good, but it. I think it adds less than just let's just do plain avocado now i think it adds s. less than just the plain avocado uh guacamole is good plain avocado like, is s for me it is sometimes messier. the perfect thing to put on a burger it's messier and not as it doesn't add an avocado rules s tier i yeah. put them both in a there i i don't know what weird uh guacamole that is tasting much different than just smashed avocados <laughs> with salt to you guys but it's the same tier for me i s- if you put it in s it doesn't bother me as toma- tomatoes some a lot of times in the guacamole too. All right, green chili cheeseburger, A or S. I, I'm fine. With a. It's really I like great. A good green chili it, cheeseburger. It's it's underrated. A lot of people haven't had it. A or S. I think A. It's I don't think it's S. I don't think it's quite not a. quite S. All right, fried egg. A. I'm sorry, S. That's an S for me. Fried I'm, egg. I'm, that's a I'm, perfect I'm, B for me because they wedge that into burgers it does not belong on and it kind of bugs me. But like when I it's done right, the, it's S. Uh, I love the old breakfast burger where you get the, the hash brown patty and the fried egg on it. I, I'm with you, Eric. Um, I could go S, but since Kevin put B, we'll go A for us overall. Uh, coleslaw, D, maybe C. I don't know. I'm going C because it really depends on your coleslaw. Don't okay. put a really wet coleslaw K- on my burger. KFC I'll be coleslaw, F. F-, <laughs> F. F minus. I'm not talking sauerkraut, but a more uh, vinegar- vinegary um coleslaw is what wins here like the apple cider vinegar yeah yeah Yeah. all right uh how about chili like a chili burger i don't want a chili burger chili dog uh chili burgers i think are uh that's f i don't think chili Uh, burgers should be a thing i would uh, yeah i feel like it's a hot dog thing i don't know how i got it snuck onto the topping list it's okay it's like a whole thing a lot of places have a chili burger and it's just a bad idea but it feels like so hard to eat I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a fork and knife experience, and I'm not going into my burger experience with a fork and a knife. Chili is for spoons, hot dogs, or spaghetti. Not on a burger. <laughs> F- oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. The, mm, the diary. Cheddar cheese. A. A. Yeah, right there with Pepper Jack. That's an a. Very good, very good cheese. Caramelized onions. S. 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 Goat. <laughs> it's so good. Butter. C. It's good. The butter burger. I love the Wisconsin yeah, butter. See, it's good cannot, on one burger. Cannot vote. <laughs> Eric's taking a moral. I'm okay. trying to. I'm trying to live a longer life. So let's let's divide everyone. Blue cheese. Eric, go first. Is it A? It's so okay. good, especially with I, those I onions. Love, now I'm it's also, like other things. Like it's only good on certain burgers. But man, I'm putting it A. I love it's it. An it's a, so it's an A for me as well. I love blue cheese. Kevin, go ahead and tell us how you feel. F <laughs> minus, minus, minus. I know you Garbage, gross, <laughs> disgusting. Get it off my burger. Is, Get it off is, my menu. This, here's the thing. This is like if, I, if cucumbers showed up on this list. Yes. Like just raw cucumbers. I hate it, but I don't think it's rational. It's <laughs> like, like, if we're a student, is, Kevin would give it a D minus so he wouldn't have to see him again. 
like the thing <laughs> the thing about it is ask me if i want blue cheese on my burger is like hey do you want a taxi cab air freshener on your burger those are equally appealing yeah. <laughs> I, like, I think if there's i think we're just gonna ignore- burger, i will just give it to someone else or throw it away so i think we got to just like kind of kick kevin as an abstain here <laughs> just we'll take me and eric's votes put them on there uh so if me and eric agreed a barbecue sauce Ooh, a or s it's a great sauce um boys i'm putting it firmly in c or d so uh okay Ooh, okay sorry. that's fair i i think it's good it's okay um, I, hold on i can't put it d you're right because on like on a western burger or whatever on that perfect onion ring burger yeah it's an a but anything else i just my dear sir I'm, have I'm you ever had katsu sauce on a burger because that's an experience yeah i'm gonna go one a. fat man to another i suggest it katsu sauce is great but this i don't know it's just it's if you want to call that barbecue, Kevin, you can. It but. is. Kevin, you want to go? You want to go A, B, C, S? Uh, I, I said it's either A or S. So if we want to, so okay. what do you have it at? So I have it at A also. So let's stre- so we let's drag it down B, to the top of right B. In the middle. Top of yeah. B. Yeah. Bacon jam. Too much time to make. It, it's kind of overrated, actually. I think. It's worse that's than my, bacon. That's for sure. That's my that's my bacon jam take. Is like. Part of the joy of bacon, which is the next thing on the list, so we can just talk about them at the same time. Part of the joy of bacon is the when it's like crispy or or maybe sometimes a little chewy. You know, bacon has like yeah. lots of interesting textures going. It's got on. a mouthfeel. Yeah, bacon jam is just like you slopped some uh, some of the the pure essence of intensity of smoky bacon onto it. It's too much. I don't I don't need that in my life. I've had a um, good bacon like, jam. Um, bacon jam can be really good, but I just don't feel like it. Mm. I think it's a C. I think I would rather just have bacon basically anytime bacon jam is there. I'm gonna put a D actually. The more I think I'm, about it, it's... I'm a, I'm in D too, so I'm right okay. there. D, it's very it's very it's not as it doesn't belong in C. Now now regular bacon. S. Easy. S. Slam dunk. <laughs> so good. It's S good. for good. suck it, Mike. Slam dunk starts with S. <laughs> All right. Arugula. I like arugula. It's one of my favorite greens. It is pretty good on a burger, but it suffers from a lot of the same problems as spinach. I think it's just spinach with better flavor for me. So I I would also want this to end up in like D or C. Uh, I would also it, have it in C. It's right alongside yeah. spinach. It's peppery though, which I find better better on a pizza, but decent on the right burger. C. All right. Our final thing that's on this list. Um, 1,000 islands of dressing. C. I think C Little burger fair. sauce, never bad. You can't have special sauce without ripping off thousand islands yeah it's the, every special sauce is just like a rip so on so that's not exactly putting thousand island on a burger i don't know it's the barbecue katsu argument in some ways in special sauce ways it's an it's an a or an s in a thousand island way straight out of the jar that's a d yeah i think we'll put it in c for now i think you're right eric like when you get that burger sauce and it's like their version of special sauce you like, know you up, go someplace you've never been up. before and then you hear something like juju sauce or crazy sauce or crack sauce you're like i know that's gonna be oh, that- mayonnaise i know it's gonna be orange mayonnaise i want it <laughs> Please, please how, how, how hot is your slightly no, wait, orange so, so Maybe that's so like how, 612 so, islands. I don't hey, know. So so if Thousand Island is a C, how much is orange? Ma- what is orange mayonnaise, guys? S, S. right? S. Orange mayonnaise is S? S. Yeah. Hey, we need 40. <laughs> we need 40. We only have 39. So yeah, go ahead okay. put orange mayonnaise. I'm going to put orange mayonnaise. I'm going to put orange mayonnaise. Thousand Island is a D. <laughs> orange mayonnaise is a S. Like okay. It. All right. So here we go. The S tier was orange straws, mayo, avocado, caramelized onions, bacon, and orange mayonnaise. 
the A tier was pepper jack mustard. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that into my life, Eric. I'm so happy right now. Pepper jack, because now when I go to a restaurant, I'm just going to go, hey, can I get orange mayonnaise? Spo- <laughs> Spoiler alert on the on the chicken uh, toppings, orange mayonnaise, also S tier. Also has, yeah. Orange, Ask Chipotle. Or I'm sorry. Orange mayonnaise uh, is lit. Uh, the racist place. Ask uh, Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> racist. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Homophobic. homophobic. I forgot. The, yeah, there you I go. had the wrong okay. bigotry, guys. I'm sorry. Pepper. Yeah, at least they're closed on Sundays, giving their employees one day off uh, a week of work. Okay, pepper jack mustard, mushrooms, green chili, fried egg, cheddar, and blue cheese made up the A tier. The B tier was tomato, raw onion, provolone, pickles, peanut butter, onion rings, jalapeno, guacamole. And barbecue sauce, the C tier, Swiss cheese, spinach, queso, lettuce, coleslaw, butter, arugula, and Thousand Island. The D tier, teriyaki sauce, roasted red peppers, pineapple, ketchup, and bacon jam. And the F tier, this is this would be the world. Imagine eating this burger: turkey oh, bacon, <laughs> sweet relish, ranch, honey mustard, and chili. Guys, I'm not in the I'm not in the <laughs> fantasy league that anymore. But that you. I, that should be the that should be the the meal that someone has here's, to eat. Here's in the thing: the, league. the the D tier burger doesn't really sound that bad. Teriyaki sauce, roasted red pepper, pineapple, ketchup, and bacon bacon jam. That like that's edible. You can make something there. The F tier burger is just bacon, sweet oh, relish, ranch, yikes. honey mustard, chili. Yeah, yikes. you might be like chili's an outlier. Let's take chili away. That Sir, is a turkey bacon, sweet relish, ranch, honey mustard is still foul. That is a disappointing that, that is like a very bad hot dog I would still eat. But a but a terrible burger. You get it at the fair, it's like a foot long. <laughs> okay. Anyway, for we will for Eric, for Kevin, this is the longest episode of the season. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks.